return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Shall we bow our heads for a word of prayer? We are grateful to you, our Most High God, once again, for the gift of life and strength. We bless you, Lord God Jesus, that you have made us see this wonderful day. And by your grace, the day is winding up, getting to the end. We are here in your presence. We are grateful and thankful to you, O God. We don't take anything you've done for us for granted, O Lord. We are very grateful and we worship you, O Lord. Tonight, we are about to hear your word. We pray for grace. We pray for illumination. We pray for understanding. It is our prayer that your word will come in power and your word will equip us and strengthen us. Your word will give us illumination. May we live here quickened. May we live here empowered than ever before. Use me as a vessel to bless your people, O God. At the end of the day, all glory and all honor will be ascribed to your name. We thank you and bless you, O God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you so much for making time to come to the presence of God. Yeah, there was, there was this weather alert. You know, we, we, we fear the worst, but God has come to us. Hallelujah. And through it all, you are here. God richly bless you. Um, God richly bless Pastor Dave and Mama Jeannie, Pastor Randin, um, for the great opportunities they give to us to share the word of God. We are very grateful, and God richly bless you so much. And it's good to see you once again. Sunday, I was not here. Albert and I were out of town. We're in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, to witness the wedding ceremony of Vivian. And it was a glorious one. Uh, yeah, and we thank God for a safe trip, safe trip, you know, back to Brookings. So tonight God wants to bless us and he wants to give us a word of assurance. And our message for tonight is, Emmanuel never fails. Emmanuel never fails. So we'll read our scripture from Isaiah chapter 7. Um, verse 1 to 14. Our main text is the 14, but we'll read from the verse 1. So during the time that Ahaz, son of Jotan, son of Uziah, was king of Judah, king Rezin of Aram, and king Pekah, son of Remaliah of Israel, attacked Jerusalem. But the attack spurted out. When the Davidic government learned that Aram had joined forces with Ephraim, that is Israel, Ahaz and his people were badly shaken. They shook like trees in the wind. Then God told Isaiah, Go and meet Ahaz. Take your son, Shejashab, with you. Meet him south of the city at the end of the aqueduct, where it empties into the upper pool on the road to the public landry. Verse 4. Tell him, Listen, calm down. Don't be afraid, and don't panic over these two burned-out cases. Raising of Aram and the son of Remaliah. They talk big, but there is nothing to them. Aram, along with Ephraim, son of, son of Remaliah, have plotted to do you harm. They have conspired against you, saying, Let's go to war against Judah. Dismember it, 
take it for us, take it for ourselves, and set the son of Tabel up as a puppet king over it. But God, the master, says it won't happen. Nothing will come come of it. Verse eight. Because the capital of Aram is Damascus, and the king of Damascus is a mere man, raising. As for Ephraim, in sixty-five years it will be rubble, nothing left of it. The capital of Ephraim is Samaria, and the king of Samaria is the mere son of Remalia. If you don't take your stand in faith, you won't have a leg to stand on. Verse 10, God spoke again to Ahaz. This time he said, ask for a sign from your God. Ask anything. Be extravagant. Ask for the moon. Verse 12, but Ahaz Ahaz said, I'd never do that. I'd never make demands like that on God. So Isaiah told him, then listen to this. Government of David, it's bad enough that you make people tired with your pious, timid hypocrisies. But now you are making God tired. Verse 14. So the master is going to give you a sign anyway. Watch for this. A girl who is presently a virgin will get pregnant. She will bear a son and name him Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. So our, our, our catch memory verse is the verse 14. So the master is going out to give you a sign anyway. Watch for this. A girl who is presently a virgin will get pregnant. She will bear a son and name him Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Amen. So tonight, um, Emmanuel, God with us. He is saying that he's with us. And he's assuring us that because he's with us, he will never fail. And every promise he said concerning us will definitely come to pass. Now when he studied scripture very well, after the, the flood in, in Noah's time, you know, Bible says that God chose a person for himself, in the person of Abraham. And Bible says that he chose Abraham and his seed as his chosen people, and he loved them, and he demonstrated his power and his authority, you know, through their lives. So the whole world realized that indeed Israel was blessed and loved by God, and they saw the miraculous power of God being shown in their lives. You know, parting of the sea, parting of Jordan, you know, God doing miraculous things. You look at the plagues that happened in Egypt, it shows you the power of God. And, 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 and through it all, because of what they saw, because of the power of God that was shown in the life of the Israelites, the Bible says that the nations feared them. The nations trembled at the name of Israel just because they had the upper hand of God over their lives and God was doing so many miraculous things in their lives. And, and, and we thank God that in Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, Bible says something. Bible says that if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and hence according to the promise. So God, God, God is so merciful and God is so good that, you know, the, the classical Israel are not the only beneficiaries of the blessings and the goodness of God. Thanks be to God that you and I, who were far off by the grace of God and through the saving blood of Jesus Christ, have been called from the darkness into the marvelous light, and we have also been called the seed of Abraham. And because we are seed of Abraham, we also have the upper hand of God over our lives, such that we are also, you know, a sign and a wonder to the world. So, so see yourself as a child of God. You are a Christian. Say that you are of Christ. And because of that, you are also a seed of Abraham. So it means that all those glorious things, all those powerful things, all those miraculous things that God demonstrated in the lives of the people of Israel that made nations fear them, you and I are also going to exhibit that in our lives. So everywhere we find ourselves, we are more than conquerors. 
in our workplaces, we shine. You know, in our schools, we are, we are more than conquerors. Every jurisdiction, every sphere we find ourselves, because we are seed of Abraham, we also carry the blessings and the power of God. So, so, so things should give way for us when we come. Just like how the people fear the Israelites, because they were seed of Abraham. And when you read scriptures very well, even in the book of Isaiah chapter 8 verse 18, you know, Isaiah says, and he said that, as for me and the children that God has given to me, we are for signs and wonders. Hallelujah. So know that you and your household are for signs and wonders. And, and when you look at the story of Israel very well, you realize that they had a roller coaster relationship with God. You know, there were times they were so much on fire for God, and God was doing so many things for them. And there were seasons that their love for God drew so cold that they, they, they inclined more towards idolatry. They became so disobedient to God, and, and, and there were times God had to punish them. But the, the good thing is that when you look at their story very well, you realize that irrespective of how they fell, irrespective of where they found themselves, their love of God was still so manifest over their lives. You know, God still loved them. God still, you know, in, in, in their times of captivity, you know, they will err against God. God will let them go to captivity. And this same God, because he's so much gracious and he's full of love, he says that even when you're in captivity and you turn and you pray to me, I'm going to hear you. And that is the love of the God we serve. Hallelujah. So even when we falter, he desires to draw us closer to him. Through admonitions and through prophecies, he was just crying unto the people of Israel, come back to me. And that is the love of the God we serve. And this love of God has never ceased. Bible says that his love endured forever. So even in this season, it doesn't matter where you stand with God. It doesn't matter where you think your relationship with God has get, got into. God is saying that he still loves you. And all that he's doing is that he's drawing closer to him. Hallelujah. And, but something happened. You know, something happened. It, it, it continued to the time there was a king called Solomon. When you read the book of 1 Kings chapter 11, Bible talks about the fact that he started very well. You know, he loved God. But Bible said that he loved so many foreign women. And, and because of that, Bible said that they drew, they, they drew his heart away from God. He started to embrace the idols and, you know, the principles of these foreign nations. And the Bible said as he grew older and older, he eventually lost love for God. And, and God says something in the, in the verse 11. The Bible says that, and God told Solomon that because of what you have done, because you have been disobedient to me, I'm going to split the kingdom. I'm going to tear the kingdom away from you. And he said that, but for your father, David, I'm not going to do this in your era. So the Bible says that after Solomon's era, his son Rehoboam became king. And that was where the word of God came to pass. Tonight I want to tell you that Emmanuel, the God we serve, his word is so heavy. You know, the Bible says that his word does not come void, but it comes, you know, to fulfill a purpose. So everything God says is very true. So I don't know what promise God has said concerning your life. All that I want to tell you tonight is that hold on to the promise of God. Because definitely his word will come to pass. He said he will split the kingdom and it came to pass. So when you look at scriptures very well, around 720 BC, Bible says that the kingdom was divided to two. We had the southern kingdom, which was Judah, and then we had the northern kingdom, which was Israel. Now the northern kingdom, which is Israel, was made up of ten tribes. And then the southern kingdom, which was Judah, was made up of Judah and Benjamin. And, and then the story continues to where we just read. You know, at the time, Judah was led by a king called Ahaz. And then Israel was led by a king called Pekan, like we read. Now, this, these nations were together. But at the point when they were split, Bible said that they became enemies to one another. 
You know, there was so much animosity between these two nations. Israel just wanted to destroy, destroy Judah. You know, and, and, but Judah was very small, just two tribes. But it was very formidable. It was able to withstand against all the attacks of Israel, which had ten tribes. And when you look somewhere in the book of John chapter 4, we see this animosity. You know, Jesus Christ met um, a Samaritan woman. And, and, and he wanted, you know, water from this woman. You know, she's called a Samaritan woman because she comes from Samaria. And Samaria is the capital of Israel, the northern kingdom. And Jesus is a Jew, so he's from Judah. So, you know, this, this hatred, you know, continued up to the time of Jesus Christ. So when he asked for water, the woman told him that, I am a Samaritan woman, and you are a Jew. How can you ask for water from me? Because there is no dealing between us. You know, and then when you read further, even in the book of Luke chapter 9, verse 51, when Jesus was making a triumphal entry to Jerusalem, he sent two disciples, John and James, you know, to go ahead of him to the town of Samaria to prepare the way for him. Bible said that when they went, the people rejected them. They didn't want to do anything with Jesus Christ. And then John and James came back very furious and they said to Jesus, shouldn't we call fire, you know, to fall on them and then kill all of them, you know. So this talks about how there was this great hatred between these two nations. But no matter what Israel did, you know, to, to, to destroy Judah, they were not able to prevail against Judah because when the kingdoms were split, the love of God was for Judah. It was this same Samaritan, Sambalat and Tobiah who were like always fighting against Nehemiah and Ezra when they were building, you know, the walls of Jerusalem. Then this time around, they decided to form a coalition army. So the, the kingdom of Israel joined together with Syria, the Arameans. And this time around, they were so strong. This time around, they were so huge. And this time around, Judah, for the first time, were scared of the Israelites. When you read the verse 2, if you can take us to the verse 2, Bible says that Ahaz and the entire Judah were badly shaken when they heard that there is a coalition army that has been formed between Israel and Syria. And Bible describes the kind of fear, you know, that, 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 that went through them. Bible said that they were shaking. They were like trees in the wind. You know, so God wanted to allay their fear. So he sent a word of encouragement through Isaiah in the verse 3. Bible said that God asked Isaiah the prophet to go to King Ahaz. And he said that, meet him near the public laundry and give him this word. Listen. Calm down. Don't be afraid. Say that they talk big, but there is nothing to them. Tonight, I just don't know where you find yourself. You know, there, there, are, times, there are times your faith is very strong. There are times you are hit by news. There are times you are hit by situations, and you are still strong and still formidable. And there are times it's like a, a barrage of, 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 of bad news. You know, there are times you are hit to the core that your faith is shaken. You know, when Israel was just Israel, Judah was very formidable. Anything they did, Judah was able to overcome. But when they formed that coalition army, it sent down fear, you know, through their spine. Bible said that they were like trees that were shaking. It means that a tree is grounded, right? But if a tree is shaking, it means that there is some level of faith. But if it is shaking, it means that there is this possibility of losing the faith, falling. And maybe this is where you find yourself. You may be listening to me or watching me via Facebook at this point in time, you may be down. At this point in time, you feel that you are hit so bad. At this point in time, you might have heard the news that is making your faith very wobbly. That is making you feel like you want to give up. 
This is the word of God to you tonight. Just like Isaiah met King Ahaz, you know, by the aqueduct near the public laundry and gave him this word of assurance. Tonight, this is the word of assurance to you. Listen, calm down. Don't be afraid. Your situation may seem big, but in the eyes of God, it is nothing. So tonight, it is a word of assurance. His name is Emmanuel and he's with us. Hallelujah. He's with us. Don't be shaken. Just calm down. You know, in the book of Matthew, Bible talks about Jesus Christ telling the people that it is very easy, you know, his disciples, it is very easy for, for uh, a camel, you know, to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man, you know, to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And Bible said that they were so much confused and they were asking, how can this happen? And Jesus said that with man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Tonight, God wants me to rekindle your faith. Hallelujah. He wants, to tell, he wants to tell us tonight that no matter where your faith is, just raise your faith. Because his name is Emmanuel. Whatever he has said, he will never fail. He is going to fulfill his promise. In Jesus' name. Now, you know, he told Joshua to be strong and be of good courage. He should not be dismayed. For the Lord, his God, is with him wherever he goes. This same Emmanuel is with us. Now, when you read the verse 6, the Bible exposes some of the tricks of the enemy. You know, when, when Isaiah went to King Ahaz, and then he gave him this, this word of assurance. He said that this is what these people are thinking about you. He said that they are saying that, let us go up against Judah. Let us trouble it. Let us make gaps in the walls. And let us set up the son of Tabil as puppet king over Judah. You know, and the verse 7, another word of assurance came from the Lord. He says that, thus says the Lord, but God, the master says, it won't happen. Hallelujah. Nothing will come out, come out of it. You know, when you read that version, it says that it shall not stand, nor come to pass. And, and this exposes some of the tricks of the enemy. Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, it says that the thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, when you look at what these people were saying, all this, you know, typifies the ways of the enemy. What he does is that he attacks, he troubles, he compromises, you know, and then he set puppet kings, you know, you all know what a puppet is, you know, puppets are toys that are controlled by an unseen hand or an unseen person. So sometimes people put it in their hands and then they'll be, you know, wobbling their hands. It's as if the toy is, the, the toy is, is talking, but it's not the toy that is talking. There are times somebody can hide behind the scene, attach strings to the puppet and be controlling the puppet. And that is what the enemy does. When the enemy sees that there is so much joy in your home. When the enemy sees that there is so much peace in your family, what he does is that he infiltrates your home. He tries to turn things upside down. He tries to bring trouble, take away the joy, take away the peace. He brings chaos. He plants in chaos. He controls the chaos in your, in your home. And sometimes he pushes believers to the, to the point that they believe that it is God who is the source of their being. But it is actually the unseen hand of the enemy who is perpetrating all these things in the lives of people. When he sees that your health is so strong and, and you are able to serve the Lord, he comes so much and he hits you with trouble. You know, he compromises your health and then he plants in place a disease that is so rare and controls it. And that, that, that is so much difficult for doctors to even, you know, find solutions to. But tonight I want to tell you that God is saying that it shall come to nothing. Hallelujah. That is the word of God. He said that it shall not come to, it shall come to nothing and nothing will be able to stand even against you as a child of God. Now, when you, read, when you read somewhere in the verse 10, you know, Bible talks about a sign. Bible talks about a sign. You know, 
So be rest assured. Bible said that no weapon fashioned against us shall prosper. And every tongue lifted against us in judgment, we shall condemn, or it shall be condemned. For this is our heritage, and our righteousness is of God. So the heritage of the child of God is to enjoy good health. The heritage of the child of God is to enjoy the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And every works of the enemy to turn it upside down will not stand. Thus hear the word of the Lord. In the verse 10, Bible says that God said, through the prophet Isaiah, he said that God spoke again to Ahaz. This time he said, ask for a sign from your God. Ask anything. Be extravagant. Ask for the moon. You know, you know, anytime somebody, you know, says this, you know, it means that the person has something in store for you. You know, it's, it's just like you win, a, you win a lottery, you have so much money, and then you, you go to your friends, you take your friends out, and then you tell them, buy anything you want to buy. You know, shop, shop, shop around, grab anything you can grab, because I am well able to pay all these things. And that was what God was trying to tell the people. He said that, you know, all this that the enemy is doing, I have given you a word of assurance. The word of assurance I'm giving to you is that calm down. Don't be dismayed. Don't be afraid. Because it will come to nothing. I, the Lord, will deliver you. And then he wanted to give them an assurance that he who has said it is faithful and he's going to do it. So he said that, ask for a sign. You know, ask for a sign. And he said that when you're asking for the sign, be extravagant. You know, sometimes we get to a point in our Christian walk, we feel like even the small things we have asked God, we have not seen any solutions to them. Why should we ask for extra things? Why should we be so much optimistic? Why should we, you know, ask for bigger things? But tonight, God is saying that He is able to do all things. Hallelujah. Don't lose faith. You know, don't lose optimism. Don't be in a state of despair, but be hopeful in the God we serve. He has said it and He will definitely do it. But when you read scriptures very well, the Bible says that King Ahaz said he is not going to ask for any sign. You know, he said that he cannot put God to test. But I was trying to understand why he was given this blank check by God and he decided not to fill this check. And then I read somewhere that at that time, when these armies, you know, when they joined against them, he lost hope in the God he served. So he had already engaged the king of Assyria. Assyria. So he had taken some of the um, items in the, in the house of God, the valuables in the house of God, and he had already bribed the king of Assyria because the king Assyria was a bigger kingdom at that time and he was seeking protection from this king. So he had put his trust and his hope in man. And he had rather, you know, neglected the God of all the earth. You know, tonight I just want you, the Bible says that by strength shall no man prevail. If there is anybody to look up to, if there is anybody, you know, to trust in, it is God. It is only God who is able to give a sign that will translate into a fulfillment of promise. It is only God. Because man is limitless. Man is limited. Man can feel. You know, man can feel. So, he asked for a sign. And then, Isaiah went on and said that, okay, if you don't want to ask for a sign, God, is, God himself is going to give you a sign. In the verse 14, he said that, so the master is going to give you a sign anyway. Watch for this. A girl who is presently a virgin will get pregnant. She will bear a son and name him Emmanuel. Meaning, God with us. So, this is like a Christmas story. You know, they had a present need. But God was giving them a sign in the future, which was well able enough 
to solve the present situation. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. They didn't see Jesus, Emmanuel, in their era. But God was giving them a future sign that was well enough to solve their present situation. Thanks be to God that, as for us, we have heard of that sign already. And that sign is still working today. And because of that, our hope and our trust should even be bigger and mightier than that of Ahaz. Because he was looking at a future sign. So that God who did it, and God did it, God actually delivered them. You know, he gave them a sign, and that sign was Emmanuel. When I was preparing the message, I didn't even know the title to give. I was, I was wanted to say, the sign that never fails. You know, and, but what was the sign? The sign was Jesus Christ. Emmanuel, he's with us. So I just, God just dropped it on my, in my, my heart. Go straight. Emmanuel never fails. So, so there are signs. You know, signs, signs are assurances. Signs are giving us a guarantee. Signs are giving us a confirmation or an indication that something is going to happen. So when you read Matthew, you know, when Jesus was talking about the end times, you know, the end of ages, he told his disciples that these are some of the signs of the end times. You know, he said that false prophets will arise. He said that the love of many will wax cold. These are signs you know, that give an indication that the end is drawing near. So signs are actually giving us a, as, as a guarantee that something will happen. If you have been in a, a prophetic service before, I don't know how it works here in the U.S., but back in Ghana, normally during prophetic services, when these prophets, you know, want to prophesy into the life of people, normally for you to know that it is true or not, you see certain signs. Sometimes when they come and they will mention a name, they don't know the person, and then the person will come forward, and then for them to let the person know that the message that God wants to give to them is really genuine, God is able to open their eyes to say certain things about the person. You come from this town. You know, you are married to this person. You are that. You have two children. Now this is what God wants me to tell you. You know, once these signs are working, you have the assurance that these signs will indeed translate to, you know, a fulfillment of the promise. And there have been times that some prophets have also, you know, failed woefully. Some will be in camera, they will tell you you are wearing a blue underpant. Meanwhile, you are wearing a red underpant. They will tell you you went to this university. Meanwhile, you are just a high school graduate. And then when they begin to, they begin to say all these things, you know that definitely everything that this person is going to say is false. It tells you about man. But when God was giving them a sign, he gave them no sign than himself, which is Emmanuel. And it will never fail. Any sign God gives to us will never fail. You know, so we use signs to judge how true prophecies or promises are. Now, we are in a, an era of um, promise rings. You know, when people are dating and they love people, sometimes they give, you know, a promise ring, you know, to assure the person that, oh, I love you, definitely I'm going to marry you. And then from nowhere, one day, one will stand up and say that, I, I promised you, I gave you this sign, but I'm not going to fulfill it. I just want to tell you about how limited man is. And when you are given a sign as Emmanuel, God with us, when God uses himself to assure you that whatever he has said will definitely come to pass, it never fails. It never fails. Even people who are married, you know, they exchange rings as a sign of love, for better, for worse, and something happens and they break this covenant. And that is man. But this time around, God is assuring us by himself. His name is Emmanuel, and he's saying that he is with us. Hallelujah. And his promises will never fail. His promises will never fail. When you read somewhere in the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 31, he says that, what shall we say to these things if God is for us? 
who can be against us. When Emmanuel is in your life, there is nothing he cannot do. The sign is Emmanuel. The sign is the presence of God. The sign is God is with us. Bible says in the book of Psalm 97 verse 5, he said that mountains melt like wax in the presence of God. So it means that when you have Emmanuel, when God is with you, there is no mountain that can stand in, in your life. He's able to level mountains. He's able to you know, make the crooked path straight. He's able to cause waters to gush out and flow, even in the wilderness and even in the desert places. And, and, and sometimes when somebody assures you or promises you, one thing you also look out for is the reputation of that person. You know, the, the word of God that came, God did not give them any sign than himself. And, 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 and the reputation of the giver of the sign is very crucial to the fulfillment of the promise. The verse 4, he said that the master himself, the Lord himself. People give promises and people give signs and they fail. Because the Bible says that the heart of man is desperately wicked. You know, and, and, and I remember back, back, in, back in Ghana, we, we used to watch some Ghanaian movies. And sometimes you watch a movie where people have like relatives in the diaspora, like living in the U.S. and other places. And they are doing projects, you know, they are doing building projects and other things back in Ghana. And they have relatives who they send money to to execute all these projects for them. And you see that in those movies, these, these um, people who are executing the project will take pictures of, of people's properties and, and show it to their relatives that this is the project I am building for you, you know. Meanwhile, they are squandering the money back home. Some even go to the extent of getting fictitious um, receipts that they have bought all these materials. They take pictures and then they send it, you know, to their relatives who are building. And then they show it to them as a sign that they are really actually executing the project. Only for the man in diaspora to come back home and realize that they have been duped. And not, 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 the money they, they sent has never been used for any project. That is man we are talking about. He will show you a sign. He will assure you that it's going to fail. But Bible says in the verse 14, he said that the Lord himself shall give you a sign. You know, the Lord himself. There is no name greater than the Lord. You know, when you look at the story of Abraham, after Abraham going through everything and God realized that indeed Abraham was faithful, Bible says that he swore by no other name than his name. Because there is no name greater than his name. So every word God has said concerning your life, his name is Emmanuel, he's with you. And he will never fail. His word will surely come to fruition. Bible says that God is not man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man. That he should repent. Has he not said it and will he not do it? Let's hold on to God. Let's trust in his promises. His name is Emmanuel. This is our Christmas message. He is Emmanuel. He's with us. And his words and his promises will never fail. So Christmas is a season of hope. Christmas is a season of hope because... We, we remember the birth of Jesus Christ. We remember God who became man. We remember Emmanuel who is dwelling amongst us. And he's saying that he will never fail. There are signs. There are, signs, there are so many signs. So many signs will fail. But the sign of Emmanuel, which is Jesus, will never fail. So tonight, let your hope be lifted up. Like the people of Judah. He said that anything the enemy has said will come to nothing. They say so much, but it will, not, it will not come to anything because the Lord himself is with them. So it is a word of hope. It is a word of encouragement that Emmanuel is with us. Emmanuel is with us. 
There is no mountain he cannot level. There is no crooked path he cannot straighten. Let us trust the Lord. You know, delay is not denial. You know, God is still working. Testimonies are flowing all over. And your season will also come. Just trust in the name of Jesus. He is with you. He is not going to fail you. He is the sign that never fails. His name is Emmanuel. Let us hold on to this word tonight. And every word of God concerning our lives will definitely come to pass. So don't be shaken. Tonight don't be shaken. Tonight don't be afraid. For God is with us. May the Lord bless his word tonight. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Shall we bow down our heads? I just wanted to pray and speak to God. Speak to God. You know, he gave them a sign. He gave them no other sign than Emmanuel. All that he was trying to tell them is that God is with them. When you read scriptures, the Bible says that when the people of Israel got to the Jordan, and the Bible says that they wanted a passage, you know, a passage, a way through the Jordan. The Bible said that they were commanded to carry the Ark of the Covenant. And when they carried the Ark of the Covenant and they stood in the waters, the Bible said that the waters opened. And every time the Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God in the, people of, in the lives of the people of Israel. Emmanuel, God is with us. So if God is with you, there is nothing impossible. Just begin to speak to God. Just begin to speak to God. Just begin to speak to every promises that God has said concerning your life that you think has tarried. And hold God by his, by, by his name. Hold God by his name. And tell God that this is your word for us tonight. Tonight, come into my situation. Tonight, come into my situation. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Bible says that Judah was very formidable for Israel. But when they formed that coalition army, Bible said that they were shaken, they were afraid. They were like trees that were shaken by the wind. Tonight I want you to stand firm and begin to speak to God. Begin to speak to God. Begin to speak to God. Bible says that his word does not come void. It comes to accomplish a purpose. It comes to accomplish a purpose. There is no disease that the Lord cannot heal. There is no challenge that is difficult for the Lord. Even the dead were raised by him. There is nothing impossible for God. His name is Emmanuel. And he never fails. He's the God of yesterday. He's the God today. And forever he's still God. Just speak to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we bless your name tonight. We give you praise. We give you all the honor. We glorify your name, O God, for the love you have demonstrated, even through Christ Jesus, unto us. We bless you for assuring us that whatever word you have said concerning us, whatever promises you have in store for us, will not fail, but will come to pass. And you are telling us that, O God, you are with us. Therefore, Lord, we invoke your presence in every aspect of our lives. We invoke your presence into our health. We invoke your presence into our finances. We invoke your presence in our families and in our homes. We invoke your presence into every bitter situation in our lives. Bible says that even mountains melt like wax before the presence of the Lord of the earth. Therefore, we invite you into our situations and we pray that you who have assured us, you who is a faithful God, who says and does it, will come into our situation. We are praying for healing. We are praying for upliftment. We are praying for a transformation. We are praying that you lift our heads up, O God. We are praying that you give us a testimony, even in the land of the living. It is our prayer that your word, which you have spoken to us tonight, O God, 
will be manifested and implemented even in our lives. That many will see, O oh God, and ask us and will tell them that when we came to the presence of God, when we held God by his word, and when we had faith in Emmanuel, he has turned our lives around. We thank you for the testimonies we are going to see, O oh Lord. We bless you for an answered prayer. Even in Jesus' mighty name have we prayed. Amen. God bless you. Anyone wants prayer? Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.